Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello. And welcome to Blizzard Watch, the podcast where we watch Blizzard Entertainment and its many games. I'm your host, Matt Rossi, and with me this week is my fantastic co-host, Ann Stickney. Ann, do you have little bones called Fabella in your knees? Um, I think so. I don't oh, know. You, sh- you shouldn't. Humans stopped having Fabella about before we were even human. Oh, um, our distant okay. Ancestors. But, but, here's the cool part. They're coming back. They're like, coming we, back we in lost style? The- we lost the Fabella millions of years ago. Like it's it's in monkeys, but the great apes lost them before yeah. they even became us. Yeah. But humans are getting them back, and no one knows why. Like right now, the last time they did a check back in like the seventies, eleven percent of humans had them. Now uh-huh. it's up to thirty nine percent. So maybe I do have them. Maybe you do, but here's the thing: no one knows why we're getting them back. No one knows why people are getting them. Why they're suddenly growing again inside These human bodies. These are super important for some reason. Yeah, that's I just don't know. that's a that's a mutation, and no one knows what it is or why it's there or why it's spreading. Now I'm but kind of interested in knowing if me. I if I do have them or not. But I mean, I anyway, don't typically I've... go look at the inside of my knees or anything. So I've managed to completely sabotage the <laughs> opening of this podcast. <laughs> Which is not about knees. What have you been so up to? What have you been up to? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You first. You go. Uh, oh, I finally finished Final Fantasy VI over the holiday weekend. Um, How'd it go? How did it end? Did the world well, get Well, you know, like, I was getting my characters all kitted out in, like, the best stuff just to kind of dig around and do that. And by the time I got done with that and went and did the end boss stuff... um. I bulldozed through everything so hard. I didn't die once. I just That is the weird thing about that kind of game, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Yeah. It's there's no scaling or anything. So you can go from you start out at level 1 obviously and you can go all the way up to 99. Um I was not at 99. I think I was at like 68 to 70 with with all of my characters and uh that was enough. Also because I taught every single last one of them Ultima which is one of the biggest damage spells in the game. Um, yeah, we just kind of obliterated everything, which was great, you know, and it had the same nice ending that I remember, and I was very happy with it and thought it was great. Um, I haven't picked up anything else yet. I need to go back to Bioshock Infinite and finish that, and I think I might stream that at some point this week because that sounds like fun. Um, also, I ordered a drone. Because... Yeah, I saw that. You you bought like a cheap drone? Yeah, I, I we were cleaning this weekend and I found an old Best Buy gift card that I had never used because I go to Best Buy like once in a blue moon, right? And I thought to myself, I should use this because it might expire and I don't want it to do that. And I was like, well, what do I want at Best Buy? I don't know. And I went to their webpage and they had drones. And I was like, oh, yeah, that might be kind of fun. I don't know. Maybe I should play with one and see if I like it or not. So they had one that was like an $80 one that was marked down to 40 It was like half off because it was clearance. And with the card, I only ended up paying 5 bucks for it. So I'm like, okay, we'll, we'll play with the flying pet robot and see if I like it. The thing is, is if I do like it, then I could get a better one. My whole thought was it would be really cool to do some flybys of the scenery around here because it's pretty wild. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, no, I understand. Yeah, so I don't know. We'll see if the flying pet robot is a fail or something I actually like doing. So that's so what I've been up to. Camera? Huh? Does yeah, it, it does. Camera? It has it has a camera, but the camera is a really crappy camera. Yeah, I was just like wondering it's if it's 480p or something like that. It's not it's not a fancy camera by any stretch of the imagination, but again, you know, it's still if, cool to get pictures and stuff, yeah. Yeah, if I like it and if I like flying it, then I can go ahead and like save up to get a bigger one so I can do flying outdoors. This one's just going to fly indoors because it's very small. Um, I think it's very small. I don't know. It hasn't gotten here yet. It's supposed to get here today. I was expecting it like next Monday, but okay, whatever. So if, if, if Anne steps away, it's because the drone has arrived. <laughs> the drone is here. No, um, they, they'll just leave it by the door. It's fine. Anyway, um, <laughs> so hopefully maybe next week I'll have drone adventures to tell you about. But yeah, until then... Um, haven't really done much of anything else. Ducked into WoW to do the egg collecting thing. Haven't finished that yet. I'm not sure. I don't know if I'm even going to get enough eggs to get anything before the event is over. I don't, is the end event over already? I can't remember. No, anyway. it started. It started like the the day after Easter, I believe, and so it's going. Oh, so like Monday? Monday? Okay. The 20, right. It ends on the 29th, if I'm not incorrect. Oh, next Monday. Okay, so I've got time. Um, I just wanted to get the Hearthstone, because I think the Hearthstone looks really cool. Have you seen it? Yes, it is the best Hearthstone they've ever done for one of these. <laughs> it's just better than the last one, which is the wintery one. No, this one's better. No, yeah, I like the whole, ooh, princess, Disney princess aspect. It's like all of the wild animals are fluttering around you. And I'm like, well, yeah. I think it was... I think it was Joe who said something along the lines of it reminded him of Magical Girl Transformation. <gasps> yes. And quite frankly, quite frankly, he would want a Magical Girl Transformation in every single one of his characters. Yes, even the Doran. Yes. And, and I kind of agree. Yeah. Uh, for me, what I've been doing, I haven't, I've done almost nothing in WoW lately, uh, not because I'm quitting it or anything like that, just because of time and doing stuff. Uh, but I've been playing um, two games, one of which I talked a lot on the pre-show, so I'm not going to talk about it anymore. And the other being uh, Pathfinder Kingmaker, which is addictive. Is it? Oh my god! Oh my I've god! Heard good things about it. It's got its problems. Like, from what I understand, it was real buggy when it came out, uh, and I can still some of the bugs are still there. And it it it's one of those games that doesn't tell you anything. Like it it's like gives you a quest. We have to go to this place, but it doesn't tell you where that place is really. You just have to like look around on the map and figure it out. So at first, I thought I was going to hate it because it's it's really not a game that holds your hand at all. But I've got like 60 hours into this thing now. Um, been playing it at night and it's just like, it gets, it's just, it is such a classic old school Bioware slash. It's, it's like that kind of game, like the way they used to be when, when Baldur's Gate and Baldur's Gate two were big. It's like someone decided to just make the biggest version of that ever. Uh, and then it's got like a Sims component to it. Like you're building a what? country. Yeah. It's like, it's like Civ or Sims or something. Like you're building this whole country up and you have to like claim zones and you have to go out into a place and adventure there. And then when you're done adventuring there and you everyone likes you, you come back and they're like, yeah, you can become like Baron of this place now. So you take over that place and add it to your, to your country. And it gets to a pivotal moment in the game where you you fight off an invasion of, of bad guys and you everyone's there is like, you know, you should be queen or king. I've been playing as a female character. It's so like, you should be queen of the whole place. And you're like, um, okay, I guess. And next thing you know, you're, you're, you're crowned. And now you have to run the whole place as a kingdom. And there's like political intrigue and making towns bigger and deciding what's in the towns. And it's just like, I'm like sitting there going, I'm never getting out of this game. Like my, my poor culture so is like stuck in 82. Yeah. I was going to say, it's kind, it sounds kind of like a cross between an RPG and a sim game. It's very, it's, it's like if they, all that stuff in the garrison that I kind of liked without any of the stuff in the garrison that I didn't like. <laughs> and it's, it seriously is, it's just addictive as heck. I, I have been playing it a lot. Um, so yeah, there's that. And I, and I did play a bunch of Diablo because I'm getting ready for the next season. So I'm like, you know, relearning how to when play. When does that play one a kick in? Uh, fairly soon now. Cause it's, they just put out the PTR. I forget exactly when. I should know this. Before the end of the month. Uh, I believe so, yeah. Okay. Uh, well, they've got like a week left for that. 
Well, the PTR, I think, I don't think it's the end of this month. I think it's next month, but it's the, the, it's on the PTR right now being tested. I think okay. they just brought the PTR down because uh, of some issues, but it's a one-week PTR. So when that's over, I think it could be any time up until like, you know, early May. So but it might it be, is, yeah, because next week, next week is the last day of of April is next Tuesday. So it'd have to be like the first part of May if they're going to do it for a week or whatever, I think. Yeah, I'm actually trying to look it up. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. You don't have to look it up. It's fine. I was just curious, curious cuz I know that the plans have been in the works for that one for a while now. So, anyway. Yeah, but they've been doing that. So I've been playing I've been playing it regularly and I actually did go on the PTR and oh my god, some of the stuff in the PTR is nuts. In some Diablo of the damage or in boosts, WoW? Yeah, in Diablo. I haven't okay. I haven't done that much WoW PTR because it's just stuff has been on the way. I, I did go on the Diablo one really fast, but then they took it down, so I haven't I gotta more sense. go check out the WoW PTR, and I may do that later today or tomorrow, because yeah. um, I want to check out all of the stuff that's going There's on. There's some story stuff. I, I did, actually, That's I was kind of lying because I had forgotten it. I did get to go on the PTR just long enough to see some stuff about um, the big green guy who's coming back. So oh, okay. I, I do know all some right. stuff about that. So. We won't we won't talk anymore but, about no. that. But yeah, I need to I need to uh log on the PTR and go play with that. But yeah, we should start doing those top stories that we then do there yes. there on this show. I've had caffeine for the first time in like almost two years today. Wow. So if I'm going a little fast, that's probably why. <laughs> Sorry. We were out of soda and that's the only thing I could get. So I was like, I'm oh, like... Fine, I don't drink it. <laughs> I'm sitting here with like this gigantic coffee in front of me because you don't, that's yeah. that's what I drink all day, all day. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't have caffeine for a long time, you really feel it. Whereas if you have been drinking it continuously for like years, it does you nothing to it. me anymore. It does yeah. nothing to me anymore. It does something because I, I stopped, go without it. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say if I stopped drinking it, I would definitely like immediately notice that I didn't have any caffeine. I tried to drop caffeine at one point and um, it was not a pleasant experience and it's not one that I care to repeat. I didn't have a headache or anything. I just felt like a slug and I'm like, yeah, nope, nope, nope. Need my coffee. Thanks. So yeah, yeah. we should talk about them. Their top stories. Uh, first one that I think we're going to mention is one that's kind of big and just dropped today. Yeah. Uh, Overwatch has got a workshop mode now where you can <laughs> basically design your own maps and you can change a whole lot of sliders. You can, you could do a lot of stuff in those. You, you've actually gotten a chance to look at the article. I was reading it briefly too. What, what did you find most amazing about this thing? Cause I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's, I love the fact that you can, okay. So with workshop, you can do a bunch of stuff. You can customize the heroes and things like that, but you can also customize the maps. Um, it's basically a script editor for all of the variables that are in Overwatch and you can change how the heroes work or you can change how the maps function. So there's like one mode that kind of activates the whole, the floor is lava where if your character if your hero hits the floor, they'll light on fire. Um, there's also a preset there that'll add one of those. Um, oh gosh, what do they call it? In Fortnite, I think they call it the storm, and then in PUBG, it's just like this wall. The battle royale thing. Yeah, yeah the battle royale thing. It's like the, sh- an enclosing... the shrinking. Yeah, it's, the shrinking yeah, it's arena. like a shrinking dome over the map that shrinks as time goes on. So, like for battle royales and things like that, if you hit the wall, you're just dead. It just zaps you, sort of like um, one of those light things that you put outside. <laughs> Bug zapper. Yeah, the zapped bugs. Yeah, kind of like that, except it's a a gigantic one that closes in around you. So yeah, if you've played Fortnite or or if you've played PUBG, it's similar to that. Um, That's something that you can activate. I'm not sure exactly. I mean, I think you can take everything through into custom games and you can play them with friends or just with random strangers or that kind of thing. And you can also... Yeah, they said that, yeah. Yeah, and you can also share the scripts if you if you make scripts and it's it's interesting because the thing is is like they've had a little bit of customization as far as the game goes um where you you know when you you could build your own custom games or whatever and you could do ones where it was like oh there's no limits on everything or everybody has their alt all of the time or that kind of thing this is a lot more in depth than that 
And I think it's kind of cool. Um, One of the things I saw someone talking about um, was our friend Orkchop, if you remember him. Yes. Uh, he, was, he was talking about how if you, if you wanted to, you could sit down and make Titan inside yeah. Overwatch now. Yeah. You could make an RPG because you can make the characters, you can have the characters gain abilities, get levels. Do You could do all that now. The, yeah. the potential for it is there. And that just blew my mind. Yeah. Like, because... I used to, like I, I talked on the pre-show about Neverwinter Nights, how I used to love making stuff in Neverwinter Nights. Yeah, and that's what this is. Kinda. This is this is the Neverwinter Nights ability to edit and create your own stuff in Overwatch. You you can use it to just make a map and like let your friends go, but you could totally do like a. I'm trying to think of the of the right word for it. Like like they just released um the storm storm rising. Yeah, the, the storm little rising. event thing. They've been doing that for the past few years. They, you could make your own like that now. You could make your own events just like those. You could change characters around so that like Moira has like the same abilities as Mercy. You could do anything you like. All the, the potential is so big here that I just kind of blew my mind that they just announced it like it was nothing. It's pretty rad, and this this just came out, you guys. Um, I didn't see the announcement because I was out of the house. But when I came back, I saw Tyler playing with it on the stream right before the podcast. He's going to jump on and do more with that after the podcast is over. Um, I think he had every intention of doing so, which is good because it's pretty cool. Um, I'm really excited about this. I mean, they mentioned it. They mentioned that it was something they were working on a while back and then we didn't hear anything else about it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about this. I think it's really cool. Yeah, this is this is something. I'm just gonna say it. This is something I would love them to bring to WoW as well, <laughs> and to Diablo. I don't think we'll get it in Diablo. Maybe Diablo Four will have something like it. I don't when it think comes we'll out, get but... it in WoW either, because the first thing no. that I would do is like, "Cool, I'm going to make player housing." <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing. You could finally make all that stuff people want that they don't want to do. You know, this is so... why this is why I'm so gung ho about the idea of player housing in WoW because it's basically giving players a set of Legos. Only the Legos are game elements. And telling them, okay, go nuts. And who does not like Legos? I mean, I don't like stepping on Legos, but I do like building with Legos, you know. Always yeah, love building with Legos. Legos, the bringers of joy, but also just foot-seeking missiles that will oh. destroy you. I, I, Every I time my nephews come over, smart. they pull out the big bucket of Legos that we have. And they invariably miss, like, two or three of them when they're picking the them little, up and putting them away. little you know the square ones? Yes, that's the ones that square I usually ones... miss, and I find them with yeah. my feet. <laughs> yeah, every time. Every time I've stepped on a Lego in my life, it's been the square ones. Uh... Right. But yeah, that's that's amazing. So that needed to get talked about. I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what people do with that. If someone does actually sit down and do all the work to make an actual like RPG inside Overwatch. If you can um, do that, I would be super interested in doing that. Uh, I think the I potential is there. I need to look there, at it but... and, and see what it is, but I'm like, could I do that? If I could do that, I would totally dive into that because why not? This is a really cool game world. I would. It's like it'd be like building your own fanfic. <laughs> not, not to like, not to sound nuts because this is kind of a crazy statement, but pr- whole, entire new games have been built out of tools like this. Yes. Like I mean, look um, at Dota. The fact. Yeah, the very fact that we have League of Legends right now is because someone took Warcraft 3 and used the tools that were available at the time to make, to make a new mode. They made To make the original Dota. Defense of the Ancients. Yeah, they made and Dota def- and then League came afterwards because everybody loved the heck out of Dota. And Heroes, Heroes was because Dota was a thing, you know. Um, yeah, so I would love to see somebody, if, if there was enough interest and enough work on it, someone could make the Overwatch RPG we've always wanted them to make. And, you know, I, who knows? It depends on the tools. I, I haven't had a chance to look at it yet, but I kind of want to, like, poke around with it and see what's there and what you can do with it. Um, but, yeah, I'm I'm really excited. If you want to play this for yourself, if you want to check it out, it is on the PTR right now. So all you have to do is hop on the PTR and you can play your heart out. There's a lot of people already there doing the same thing. Even if you don't want to play with the script creator or anything like that, there's a lot of people that have custom games where they're playing with those features so you can go see what's what. 
Um, yeah, you want to see what it's like if you can't touch the floor? Go for it. <laughs> Go for it. Somebody in there has the floor is lava, and somebody in there has the whole um, the firewall. I think that's what they call it in the game. I'm not sure, but the whole the PUBG Fortnite storm circle thing closing in. People have yeah. activated that and put it in custom game modes just to test it. So yeah, hop on. It's worth checking out. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what Tyler does with it later. So. <laughs> But in addition to that, since we've mentioned Heroes just now, uh, Anduin Rin has been announced for Heroes of the Storm, which I didn't see coming. I uh, know, right? Well, it me. was one of the ones that people had that had been hinted at, and, and people were kind of expecting. I think it was the last or the second to last one on the long list of upcoming heroes that people were expecting to see. Um, so I wasn't surprised necessarily, but I was kind of a little, huh. Okay, you can put Anduin in Heroes. The thing is, is you know when Varian came into Heroes? He had that whole introduction thing where it was like he died in WoW, but he came back in Heroes. Mm -hmm. and, and it was like, okay, I have other things, other important battles that I have to fight that aren't necessarily on Azeroth or whatever, right? He went to the strange new world of the Nexus. I don't know how they're going to make Anduin show up. I'm also kind of looking forward to seeing what the dialogue is between Anduin and Varian. Hey, like, that's my sword. Anduin, Varian, and then Uther? <laughs> it's, this just means they have to put Anduin Lothar in. That's what it means. But I know. No, I, I'm excited for one reason, one reason only. What's that? Um, Anduin, when he does a taunt, summons the symbol of the Forsaken and then cuts it in half with his sword. <laughs> And I mean, I, I want to put that on loop. in the games. So. Yeah, I want to put this on loop and just like strap Mitch to a chair and just play it. <laughs> like he, that's all he gets to see for the rest You're of his so life. Mean. I know I am. I, I don't actually want to strap him to a chair, but I do. I, I, when he posted the he Twitter, does he want to throw him in a pool, it. though. Yeah, that's true. We do. Yeah. When he, he posted the Twitter that he was never going to play Edwin again, I almost wanted to respond. Edwin is now my favorite character ever. Um, <laughs> The thing is, is I, I honestly, I've gone from guy who couldn't stand Anduin because my God, did I have to run around after him a lot in Pandaria? Oh, wow, he like I used to like him when he was just a little tiny tyke, and I was going, and he'd be like, "Hey, you, you here to serve the Alliance?" And be like, "What well, you like, kid? You're five. Um, <laughs> two. No, he was like ten or eleven. Yeah, I know, <laughs> but you know still, what I mean. he had the little kid model. <laughs> And uh, they've since, you know, grown, grown him up in front of us. And I've, I've gone from, oh, God, you're the most annoying escort quest ever to, my God, why did you hit that bell? I, oh, your father's going to kill me. <laughs> to, you know, then he became king in his own right. And you get to see that whole quest. He, I, you know, he's a character I've seen grow up. Yeah, so that's, the thing that I appreciate. that's the thing that I appreciate about Anduin is that we've watched him grow up while we've been playing this game and that's kind of a cool thing because he's he's not in that whole what do you call it he's not he didn't that stay in, yeah he didn't stay an eternal child he, yeah he grew it, and it's not yeah. that weird childhood stasis thing that sometimes happens with oh i don't know tv shows and things like that or tv shows they often do the baby born next week kid is five yeah next week after that One kid is now other. an adult one, or, yeah. one way or the other, I, I've seen like soap operas and stuff like that where they had a kid that was a baby for like well over a year. <laughs> and it's yeah. just because, well, the story is not happening on the same timeline or whatever, or this child is just weird and caught in a time vortex. Who knew? Um, so yeah, it was kind of interesting to watch Anduin grow up over the last several years. And it's cool seeing him be king. I'm interested in seeing what his story is going to be all about once he shows up in Heroes of the Storm. Um, did they have an official trailer for him? I didn't see one. They, I know they had like skins and so forth. I don't know if they actually put up an official story trailer for him yet. Okay. I didn't see one, but I was admittedly not they looking because I was like for every character. So I'm expecting to yeah. see one at some point. Usually, don't they usually do the one that's like. They either tie in the story one or they do one that's just a, hey, this is Anduin Ren. These are his abilities and so forth. I, I don't. If they usually do one of each. So, yeah, we'll see. I, I definitely am interested in seeing, if nothing else, they have to have some good voice line interaction. Uh, like when Sylvanas is there, he should say mean things to her and so him forth. Him and, and Sylvanas, when his father's him and Jaina, him and Varian. Yeah. Him and Gen. 
And Gen. Oh, yeah, yeah that's right. Gen's yeah. in there, too. Oh, this is going to be really interesting. Anyway, so, yeah, it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool. And I'm interested in seeing how he plays and how he fits into the whole thing. I still enjoy watching Heroes of the Storm when people are playing it. But, yeah. Honestly, if there'd be one thing I could bring back, it would be Heroes of the Dorm. Uh, I think Anna oh, I Annabelle said the other day, she absolutely made a good point that it was a brilliant piece of of, e- of esports. Yeah, like it, it did a really good job of setting up players and getting people interested in watching it. And I, I do think it was a mistake, not a mistake, but a, it's unfortunate that they did they did away with it. I understand what happened and why, but nevertheless, I, I wish it was still back. Yeah, same. I mean, my dad didn't really get esports until we saw Heroes of the Dorm on TV one night. And he was a little bit befuddled at first, but then he started asking me about what was going on. And when the next year came around, he asked me, hey, is that thing going to be on TV Because <laughs> he remembered it. Um, and, and when I explained to him that, like, the winning team, they got, like college scholarships and stuff like that he was like wow that's really neat you know yeah it was a really good thing i think he's an old man or he was an old man so it wasn't like this was something that was in his wheelhouse or that he had any experience with at all but he thought it was interesting um yeah yeah and i miss it anyway we should probably move on yeah probably um one next story is actually something that i myself kind of thought there were a lot of rumors that there was going to be a wow classic beta soon um, there was files were being pushed to the PT, to the uh, test servers. People were seeing stuff going on. Yeah, that was the people, thing. Is like people's people's BattleNet thing was downloading stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, people were like, "Oh, ooh, they're going to do a new. They're going to do a beta soon." And unfortunately, that's not exactly what's happening. What's happening is that right now, WoW Classic is being tested internally uh, as an employee, basically before the friends and family who have an employee alpha. It's just employees playing the game, but it's like people who aren't on the team developing it. It's, you know, people who are just work at Blizzard uh, are basically playing the game right now. Uh, this is like the very first stage of testing. That's not surprising that they're doing that, but it is a little surprising that they push that data out to all um, people's, uh, you know, battle.net, possibly in preparation for the next stage of testing. But that te- that stage of testing is not now. That is not happening. I, and I was going to say, it's it. probably so that they can just kind of flip the switch to open it yeah. up to people and exactly. get it to a point where they feel like that's good. Um, See, the thing is, is that one of the weird things about WoW Classic is that it's been announced as a summer of 2019 game. That means yeah, it has but... until September 21st. Yeah. It's, and... When they say summer, they mean very literally. <laughs> Yeah. And sometimes they will push it to the last second. You know what yeah. would be cool is if it came out on my birthday, I'd be happy about that because my birthday's on the nineteenth, so it's like a couple days yeah. before. I, I got I got a WoW expansion on my birthday once, and it wasn't as good as I thought because um, <laughs> it was Cataclysm, and nobody ever liked Cataclysm. Unfortunately, I liked Cataclysm, but I was gonna say it. I mean, Cataclysm had its good and bad, but I thought it was overall a pretty decent expansion. We got to. We were raiding pretty seriously. I think that's Cataclysm. why I thought it was a decent yeah. expansion is because we were raiding and it was fun. <laughs> yeah, but I like, was having I was having a good time as much as someone can when they suddenly become a tank in the middle of the last raid. <laughs> well, but, and the yeah. thing is, is like there was the whole legendary quest line with Rathion, and I played mm-hmm. a rogue, so I got to participate in that, and that was super fun. Um, and then there was um, what else? There was that. There was uh, transmog. Transmog came out. Raid finder came out at the very just end. Just completely, yeah. The raid finder thing wasn't so much, but transmog was like a big, big deal. And I thought that was like the coolest thing ever, along with everybody else who wanted to play dress up with their characters. Um, and then I loved the whole the dungeons at the at the last part of the expansion. So like end time and war of the ancients and all that, the caverns of time stuff. I loved yeah, that. I... They were I all definitely good. They were good. The, uh, the raids. I, I thought take were that good back. Too. They were all good, except that the one with Thrall <laughs> in Dragonblight was really frustrating. <laughs> Just because Thrall was yet again terrible to escort. Oh, Thrall is was... always a bad escort. He's not the a worst. good escort quest. <laughs> I, I gotta when I I gotta put the word quest in or saying Thrall is always a bad escort sounds really weird. So you need the word quest at the end. <laughs> 
It's, it's, you know, it's going to be an annoying time when you have to lead Thrall around anywhere. Anyway. But, um, anyway, back to the the WoW Classic and Alpha. Yeah. Basically, what we now know is that it's being tested internally. What Since since they've said summer of 2019, then that gives them till February, gives them till September 21st. My thinking is that we're going to hear something at E3. Something to the effect of, okay, WoW Classic is going to be out. Here's the release date. Here's the beta. That's what I think is going to happen at E3. If it doesn't happen at E3, the next really big time is going to be uh, Gamescom. And Gamescom's in August. And when? I think that's too late. Yeah. When I is don't... E3 this year? June. Um, it's I June. June. Okay. I can't remember exact date. I know it's in June because I just it's wrote about it. It's usually the middle of the month, end of the month. Yeah. But yeah. I think okay. it's like June 12th or something. Okay. But it's, it is it is. I think that's where I'm I'm going with this right now. That's where I think we're going to hear an announcement. You think you think they're going to do something at E? Blizzard doesn't they like rarely do anything at E3. Very rarely, very rarely. But like the last year, thing I, I remember thinking... them doing at E3 was they had like during the off hours they had like a little mini panel where they were talking about Heroes of the Storm stuff. It's just because of the timing. Yeah. Uh, because if they if they're still going for summer of 2019, I feel like E3 is the the best time. It is. Yeah, that would be a very good place to do that. And the thing is, is yes, they're doing the internal alpha, but I can't really see where it would take too much testing because this is a game that already existed. They have like all of the, and people want it just like it was back then. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's basically this isn't. This isn't testing storylines or no, anything. No, it's this just is testing just implementation fun. of stuff that, like, logging how did, in through Battle.net, that up? kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly one of the things they mentioned in the in the post. Bornak mentioned that they're trying to make it integrated with Battle.net, and that's one of the things they're testing. And the other thing that they're testing is basically just... Keep in mind, they imported the old game into the new engine. Yeah. And so there are some bugs they, and things to smooth out. Yeah, they mentioned that there was a panel at BlizzCon last year. It was actually a pretty good panel where they were talking about the development of Classic. And, uh, oh my gosh, I can't remember his name. I'm so sorry if you're listening. Anyway, uh, the guy that was doing the panel, he was talking about um, how there were certain things that didn't quite look right because they changed how lighting worked at one point. They changed how, like various models showed up at one point and so like models that weren't actually there they were there but they were like a different color or something like there was just a lot of stuff that was going on so and it was just parts where the old game overlapped with the new code and there was nothing there to support it so they had to mess with it which is fine i mean that's cool but it they don't really have to do a lot of bug fixes or anything like that because people want it to be like it was back then that's yeah. all um i'm just going to tell you the people that we did the talk ian has a host hosted it it was omar gonzalez who's a senior software engineer and lead engineer brian birmingham were the two guys who did most of the talking in that yeah thing. yeah i think it was brian that was talking about that no yeah because he was he was the one i think he was talking mostly about. he was talking about he was talking about the errors that popped up and things like that omar was talking about what they had to go through to get the code and how they were making it work um, and, and one thing that omar talked about that i'm going to mention is that omar has been working on world of warcraft since 2003 yeah so so he's super this is familiar be the weirdest... this is like yeah weird but this he's... is the weirdest trip to him yeah <laughs> Anyway, I expect that they're probably going to do that whole internal alpha thing. And I don't think that that internal alpha is going to last too long before they open it up to beta. Because I expect they... friends and family by May. Easily. Right. They gave us all that code. They like We downloaded it on our launchers. So I think it's just a matter of them deciding when it's okay to flip the switch. Yeah, and they're still likely. doing like minor corrections and that kind of thing. And I'm sure when they do friends and family, that's going to be another round of, is everything working okay? And then they'll flip it open to beta. I don't know. It, it's, I don't see, I, I think that the game, they're probably going to come out with the game like in July, but I could be wrong. Well, definitely that seems like a possibility. It depends entirely on how well the implementation of the, the, the battle and that stuff goes. But yeah. Yeah. I'm cautiously optimistic we'll get some kind of announcement next month, but I'm aiming for it. Right now, my my target is around E3, which is June. I think that's I think probably we'll a good there. hunch, honestly. We should probably talk now about the actual game that we're currently playing. Yes. Um, 
we've we've talked about heroes and Overwatch, but WoW had a couple of things happen. Uh, the first one was that they made an announcement that you know with the uh, launch of Crucible of Storms, which is now live when yeah. as we're recording this, it went the the Raid Finder and the Mythic went went live yesterday. Yeah. And so if you're listening to this recording uh, after we've made it, you're Friday. You're in Friday of the week that that happened. Uh, one of the things they did was was raise the possible eye level for of world quests and other rewards. Yeah. So, uh, if you, if, for instance, if you're getting a world quest drop, they can go now go up to I believe 395, something um, like that. And uh, emissary stuff can go up to no, it's 385 for world quest gear, 395 for emissary stuff, um, 400 for um, azurite pieces like you know helmet, chest, uh, shoulders, and there's also like there's some other stuff like if you get the special the uh, invasion gear like the gear the quests when you do an invasion yeah. not an invasion what are they called incursions i forget what they're called but it's it's just the invasions again uh when you do one of those that that gear can also go up to like 395 400 yeah and um i i i didn't post about it for the site because there's been some upset about it that it supposedly invalidates raid gear and i don't think it does for a couple of reasons first of which which we're going to get another raid um that's going to happen there's like no way around it you timed out and, in game, by the way. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I just saw that and jumped in. Okay. Can you still hear me? Because I yes. usually jump. Oh, thank God. <laughs> usually when I jump in like that, you can't hear me. No, you're good. Anyway, but they're gonna have a new raid fairly soon. New um, raid and new zones, like two new zones and a new mega dungeon. Yeah. All of that stuff involves new gear. And uh, the reason that they did this, they said, was to make it easier for people to get geared up to run Raid Finder. Yeah. Which. I understand that 350, which is the raid finder limit, is way below the top level you can get gear on. But one of the reasons I think this is a good change is because it will make it last well into the next tier. When 8.2 yeah. comes out, the, the world quest gear will still be decent for a while. Yeah. And that's good, in my opinion. It helps people catch up. Uh, I, I'm one of those people who's – I look back at the way it was in the Burning Crusade when I was grinding heroics constantly for badges – constantly running them when they put them in they put badges in like they put badges in raids like so you could then get more of them from those and you were constantly just grinding them and grinding them to get badges to buy gear because pants wouldn't drop for you i, I remember being a tank i had to um burning crusade was when i started raiding with my rogue and it was when it was just after Black Temple was released, like right after it came out, like the week after it came out or something. So uh, the guild that I joined was still doing, oh my gosh, I can't remember the name, the Archimond. Keep. Oh, okay. Archimond. So they were still doing Archimond, all right. Yeah, they were doing that. Tempest Keep had already been cleared out. Same thing with Serpent Shrine. I didn't experience those because um, they had already cleared them out and everything and they didn't want to go back to them. But what they were doing was they were doing the Archimon stuff and then they were also, you know, stepping foot in a black temple. And I had to get my gear good enough that I could go to those places and not die immediately. So what I ended up doing was PvP and I got like the full gladiator set and it was just as good as the raid gear. <laughs> Yeah, that was back when Re Resilience was just introduced, and it was still useful as a raid stat because it reduced damage you took from everything. Yeah, and I mean, like, so, the, yeah. the weapons from PvP were also, they were kind of, like, on par with the stuff that you could get. So my DPS was great, and I knew what I was doing. I knew how to kick things. I knew how to stab things and not die, and that was all they really needed from me. So it took a while before I got the raid gear, but the PvP stuff was enough of, a, like, a buffer. That yeah, the PvP worked. stuff was. I remember doing that when we went into Karazhan mm -hmm. because I was playing Horde at that time. Yeah. Uh, and I my Torin got like I got gear from PvP before I ever stepped foot into Karazhan. And the PvP gear was this, the only thing that was an upgrade for me was Gorhal. Yeah. That was the only upgrade. Everything else was, and that was. Let's be honest, I wanted that mostly for looks, even back then. <laughs> um, but yeah, my Torin was fully kitted out in PvP gear. I was tanking in it because resilience was almost as good as uh defense for a tanking stat. So there were so. kind of there were alternates even way back then. Yeah, and the badge gear, I mean people would like, you were talking about getting geared up for, for like Archimond and Black Temple. I knew a lot of people like who right after, like Black Temple was kind of 
getting to the point where it's on farm and, and Sunwell was coming out. Winston, I know a lot the of people. Island. Who, yeah. The Island Queldenas stuff, people were, were like, they, they worked really hard to get that thing flipped as quick as possible. So Alliance and could, Horde both worked on it. Yeah, yeah. So that they could get the badge gear. The badge um, gear. Was, the badge gear was on par with anything that dropped in Black Temple. Unless you had the Warglaves, the fist weapons from the badge vendor and the Isle of Quildenos were, were the best so, DPS weapons. They were so good. I think maybe for rogues, the dagger that Illidan dropped that wasn't the Warglaves was also just slightly better than those fist weapons. Oh, yeah. Just because there's some daggers, some rogues have always needed daggers the for specific attacks. The Constellation Prize of Azeroth or whatever it yeah. was called. I don't know. Yeah, the, we got so many of those. Things. It was like the yeah. green, it was like the green dagger that looked like a mini version of the glaives. And it was like, here, yeah. we're not going to give you the cool legendary, but have this consolation prize just to keep, you know, tied you over. It wasn't that great. It was okay, but it wasn't that great. The fist weapons only were useful. way better. Yeah. Fist weapons were better, but people think rogues and some rogues needed daggers. Mm-hmm. Because there's some like yeah, I was playing combat at that point. So yeah, the fist weapons were like yeah, go give me those those stained glass fist weapons. I think I ended up I was using um, from ZA. Oh yeah, yeah. They had the really nice. They had a lot of the gear from ZA was fantastic, including like the plate chicken hat. Our our warrior, our warrior had the weirdest getup because he had the plate chicken hat and then like other pieces from other sets. And it was when I first complete clown suit. When I first got hired to write about World of Warcraft, yeah, um, I was tanking in that hat. I got that hat while I was working that job because I had switched back to Alliance to tank for some friends, and we ended up being in a guild. And I was there's so many pictures of me in that hat. Just stand in there with that hat on, because I didn't what turn my hat playing? off or anything. Oh, it was a warrior. Yeah, I know, but what was it? It was a human. Okay. Just a yeah, boring cause... old human warrior, because he was my first character ever. Our main tank was a Forsaken, and that chicken hat looked really funny. <laughs> it was just ridiculous. It didn't look any better on a human. I'll be upfront with you. There was it, it basically chicken looked hat like a walking was... skeleton was just hysterical. I had anyway. that thing perched on top of my head and it looked, yeah, it looked goofy, but yeah. So the point so, of all of this talking. <laughs> is that they've always had those things. They've, they've always, always had, had they've always come out with stuff that was kind of equivalent so that people could get caught up. This is nothing new. There are people that are upset about this, I guess, for some reason. And I don't understand why. Like I, I think it's I, the same reason people are always upset about it because they always say, oh, but this invalidates all that raid gear I spent all that time earning. And the thing is like, dude, the new raid invalidated all that raid gear you spent all that time earning. Yeah. That's what they do. That's what time raids marches do. on. And in the meantime, your raid gear is still better itemized than world quest gear for most cases. Yeah. All Looks this does cooler is... And- all this does is like with the world quest gear and stuff like that, that's primarily how I've geared up is through world quests. And I want to say my eye level is like 390 or some or 395 somewhere in there. I'm close to yeah. 400. And that's just from world quests and emissary gear and that kind of thing because I've been quietly working on it behind the scenes and dinking around. I don't have a raid guild. I'm not raiding with anybody. I could be, but I'm not. Um so like it's I, I just don't see the issue with it. Even even world quest rewards going up to 370 it doesn't really matter. That's not an upgrade for me as it stands. Yeah, and the only thing you can get is, is occasionally old Titan Forge, and then you get like a really cool. Like I got a ring, a four. Like I think my ring is four twenty. Yeah. Because I got like a I got a Titan Forge that popped all the way up. I do appreciate the rare. invasion stuff going up to three ninety five because that's helpful. Yeah, um, because it means that when you you see an invasion, you can go, oh, it might still have an upgrade for me, and so you'll go. Right. It just right makes now, it more interesting. Right now, I'm not really doing invasions because all of my gear is high enough. Well, I wasn't really doing invasions. I might go look for them now because they'll actually do something for me. And I think that's the other thing that they were kind of working for is that they didn't want these quests and things to become obsolete. Yeah, because we're going to see as soon as 8.2 drops, stuff's going to start dropping from that raid that's going to be higher than what we currently have. Well, and I mean, Keep in mind, Crucible of Storms is an N-tier raid. I'm assuming... You know, this... Yeah, I'm assuming that, like, Nazjatar and Mechagon are also going to have world quests, and those world quests will have better rewards than Kul'Tiris and Zandalar. 
because we're going to like a brand new zone. So I expect that there's going to be a little bump there too. But we need to kind of get ready to do all of that stuff. So yeah, I don't see a problem with them bumping it up. I mean, no. if you aren't, if you're raiding and you have a bunch of raid gear, none of this stuff is better than your raid gear. Your raid gear is still great. <laughs> yeah, it's not like they they didn't nerf you, and your raid gear is still going to have better trinkets, better rings, better itemization in general. I mean, it's just the way it is. Yeah. But yeah. Um. What else? Okay. There's one more thing we should probably talk about. And I my probably blanking on what it was. Oh, battle pets. Oh, battle pets. So battle pets, many yeah, battle pets are coming. I'm so excited about this. Okay, so there is an achievement out there to collect like a thousand battle pets, a thousand unique battle pets. Um, and that's it's currently unobtainable. Unobtainable. You can't get it. There's not enough pets out there in the world for you to hit that really. Um, unless, well, I don't know. I think I think there's a no. I don't think there's a thousand out there right now. Anyway, so Nazatar and Mechagon are introducing a ton of different battle pets. Nazatar in particular has, um, I man, there's so many of them. There's a couple of octopuses. There's five slugs. There's three elementals that you can pick up. There's some murlocs that you can pick up, which I'm really excited about because I do like the the murlocs. Um. The other thing I'm really excited about is there's there's like four or five different um, little mammal dudes that use the model of um, they look like a mini capybara if you've ever seen Ooh, those. Yeah, I I, I they know what they are. Yep. Yeah, I'm very excited. Anyway, uh, yeah, okay. So BMI in the chat channel is saying that they have it. They have the thousand. Yep. Okay, it is definitely possible right now, but I think right now. In order to do it, you have to have, like, all of the pets that you can get from all of the stuff that's going on in Legion where everybody, like, different different classes had different class pets available. And then, you know, all of the pets that you can buy and that kind of thing. Like, you really have to clear things out to get it. Um, what this is going to do is this is going to kind of make it easier for people that maybe didn't collect all of those unique things. But, like... I'm really kind of excited about this because I'm close, but I'm not like there quite yet. So this has about a billion different pets that are coming out. And um, yeah, the capybara I'm really excited about because it's so cute. It is so cute. And then I'm just hoping they make it so that other battle pets can climb up on the capybara battle pets back and ride around on it the way that this actually happens with capybaras. I don't think that's like, going that's... to happen. <laughs> they should they need to put that in because that's something capybaras actually do and it is one of my favorite things there are also two others that are coming out that are baby naga and yeah the baby naga is adorable by the way they are so cute um and i mean that's not surprising because the thing is is like they usually come out with the cutest models for these things and they are not disappointing this time around. So that's all on Nazjatar. It's all pretty much like elementals, underwater things, that kind of thing. And then Mechagon also has a variety of pets that are coming out. But of course, because it's Mechagon, they're all mechanical pets. They they all look like robots. So robots. There's, a, there's a couple of robot chickens. There's some little bots. There's some marmots, like robot marmots. Um, I think there's a bunch of different frogs, robot frogs that are there. And then the uh, the cool part is there are four pets that you you know the um crawling claw thing that you could get from doing archaeology in Yeah, the hand. Yeah, the hand. Okay. So there's four of those hand pets that are coming out, but they're robot hands. And they're just as unsettling. <laughs> Maybe a little more it's so. It's not better. It's not better. <laughs> It's just as weird. <laughs> but yeah, those are coming out uh, on on Mechagon. So there's a bunch of pets that you can get from all over the place. There are some pets that are named as opposed to just having like... They actually have like a, a, a name which implies that either it's going to be like a rare capture or maybe a drop from something. Um, don't know. Don't know yet. I still need to go check out the PTR and I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that later because I'm really curious about what's going on out there. Anyway, 
yeah, so that's the thing that's coming in 8.2. Um, they're also going to have a new Battle Pet Dungeon. We've mentioned that before. Strathholm will be the new Battle Pet Dungeon. Um, and there's some things in there that you can get as well. There's an Adventurous Hopling, Drowned Hatchling, and a Ghostly Whelpling, which I absolutely need immediately. Um, there's also uh, some other stuff that's been data mined. Uh, there was a young Twilight scale that begins a quest and it's these packs of twilight whelplings that are hanging out in front of Grim Batal. So nobody really knows what's up with that. But the thing is, is the twilight dragonflight, that was something that Deathwing engineered. Um, and we saw that in Cataclysm. Um, we saw that with uh, Sinestra. Was it Sinestra? Yeah. Yeah, under Cho'Gall. Uh, we saw all of that happening, what was going on with that out there. So I'm kind of curious if this means that we're going to get more Rathion stuff, because he's the only black dragon of note that's still around right now. And the quest hint that you got from doing island expeditions, it sends you to Blackwing Lair. And Blackwing Lair is where they were doing experiments to create the chromatic dragonflight. So I'm kind of curious if Rathion is messing with creation like Neltharion did and like Deathwing did and like Sinestra. I don't know. But yeah, so that's all stuff that's coming in 8.2. I'm very excited. I know okay. you're not big on battle pets or anything like that, but... No, but I th I've said before and I'll say it again. I think battle pets are the best system because I don't have to care about it. <laughs> and other people can. No, I, I, I mean this. I think it's great when WoW adds in stuff that is... If you want it, it's there and it's great for you. And if you don't want it, you don't ever have to touch it and you're fine without it. It's the same thing with Transmog. Do you don't have to mess with Transmog if you don't want to. But it's there. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. That's totally, yeah, that's exactly how I feel. But we're we're getting kind of short on time and we should probably do at least a couple emails. Oh, shoot. Uh, if you at least, yeah, we should at least try for one. Yeah. Uh, if you have an email for the show, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject line podcast or blizzardwatch so we know it's for this show. Uh, Anne usually reads them for us, and that's going to be the case now, I hope, because I didn't get ready to do so. So if you don't mind, Anne. <laughs> yes, I am going to do that. And I think I'm going to jump to the last one on the list here because it's actually kind of interesting. This one is from Thyro Corey or them Sea Freak on Discord who says, I've finally... I've I've finally been finishing up Chronicles, and I just realized the Dark Portal opened some 30-ish years ago the first time, right? It was 33 years, I think, now. Could be 34, but somewhere in there. Anyway, you're close. Uh, and he says, And since that happened, Azeroth has seen the first invasion slash war, the second war, the third war, the Scourge and the Lich King, a Cataclysm, Garrosh, time traveling, and another Legion invasion. During the third war... Jaina and Thrall both sailed to Kalimdor, which seems to imply that Kalimdor was an was unknown country. Did the peoples of the Eastern Kingdoms just have no idea that there were Night Elves and Torin in Kalimdor? Bonus question. Also, why has so much happened in Azeroth in 30 years? To answer the first one really quick here. No, Torin and Night Elves were unknown. Nobody knew about them. Um, when you play through Warcraft 3 and you go to Kalimdor, you actually meet the Night Elves for the first time, and you meet the Tauren for the first time. You've never seen them before. Kalimdor is known as far as there's a continent out there somewhere, but people haven't really explored it that much from the Eastern Kingdoms because yeah. there was no reason to. The average farmer in Elwyn would have had literally absolutely no idea Kalimdor existed. Someone like Medivh would have had a library that mentioned it. Yeah, it mentioned that it existed because that's where the elves came from. As far as like the way he knew, I'm sure he knew he very even, vaguely about the cataclysm. Yeah, I'm sure that he even had like books about night elves and things like that. Like yeah, because he had a book about a loon for for you know the the Karazhan library is super weird. So you know, but like the Karantor would have known some of it because it would have been passed down from the elves that were part of it. The elves knew that they came from there and they knew about the, the big the war elves. that happened. Yeah. yeah. The high elves knew about it, but it was not something they talked about a lot. The trolls obviously remembered it and humans, like some human tribes, I mean, my humans were utter barbarians back then. They were like very cool who were turning into humans. They had an idea that they came from somewhere else before the big disaster happened. 
but it was all very vague because they went through a period of complete, you know, chaotic barbarism. And the dwarves, a lot of them didn't wake up until after it had all happened. They were like underground. They, they, the very Same few of thing them with were... the gnomes, the gnomes kind yeah. of lost all of that history. So it's not something the average citizen of the Eastern kingdoms would have known much about. Well, I assume that when the third war was over and Stormwind was trying to figure out what had just happened, then when, you know, Jaina Proudmore contacted them and said, Oh, and by the way, these are these new seven foot tall elves we met that it was probably like, what? Yeah. We should you know? probably form an alliance with those guys, you know, and it was, they had like a few years of relative peace after the third war. Yeah, like four to five years before yeah. everything started like, again. Once once everything settled down in Theramore, and this was after Jaina killed her dad, or, well, stood aside and let other people kill her dad. Anyway, after all of that, it kind of quieted down for a while, and Jaina and Thrall were really actively working on some kind of alliance or peace treaty between the two factions, and the Night Elves were okay with, you know, everybody was kind of okay with each other. And then the tension started swirling around again. And we saw them kind of erupt a little bit when World of Warcraft first came out. So, yeah, they, they weren't, they didn't know. They, most people just didn't know that there was anything over there on Kalimdor that was noteworthy. Yeah, it was, it was definitely along the lines of if you were a member of the secret wizard order or whatever, maybe you'd heard of that stuff. But the rank and file people, absolutely no idea. Torin. And this goes for the Horde, too. Like, orcs didn't know much of anything about this world because they had invaded it. And even, like, the trolls that they met were the Darkspear trolls. Darkspear trolls were, like, over in Gurubashi. They were they were in, the, in Stranglethorn. So they didn't, like, when they met the Torn, that would have been a surprise for them. Like, who are these giant cow people? And the trolls were very much a different kind of thing because they were out on Darkspear Isle at that point in time. Yeah, and they the were main... very much isolated. Yeah, and the main reason they kind of ended up helping each other was because Senjin had seen like a vision of what was going on and um, a vision of Thrall and that kind of thing and, and talked to Thrall about it and Thrall agreed to help them out because they were having issues um, and then they ended up having more issues and more issues and then the humans showed up and it was even worse <laughs> and, and eventually there came a point where after Senjin died Thrall said, hey, do you guys want to join this new horde that I'm making? And they said, yeah, sure. So it, the original horde had kind of an alliance very briefly with the trolls up in Zulaman in that area. Um, and they kind of split after, was it after the second war? I think it was after the second war. Yeah. Really. Basically, the, the, what happened in the second war was that, uh, oh, bloody heck, I can't remember his name now. Zuljin. Zuljin, thank you. Uh, Zuljin and his his Amani trolls had an alliance with Doomhammer's horde. Yeah, and it it didn't last past the Second War because Doomhammer was gone. The orcs were gone as a political entity for like <laughs> the orcs years. got defeated. Yeah, <laughs> so and it was... Zuljin was basically just trying to defend his land that he had managed to like take back from the High Elves. And he couldn't push any further. He couldn't do anything else. That's why you see him when he does come back. It's with a new like he, they've come up with a new weapon that they're using. They've they've weaponized their Loa. When he came back so. in ZA, actually, that was part of the reason the ZA trailer was so effective. Was it was Zuljin talking about how he had worked with the Horde before, and the Horde now decided to ally with those same elves that they were fighting against originally. So that cut he, out his eye. Yeah, the ones that cut out his eye and got rid of his yeah. arm. Well, he got rid of his yeah. own arm, but yeah, still... he cut off his arm it, to escape. Yeah, yeah, so, it, yeah. It's, that's why he was so angry, was because we had pretty much... Well, the Horde had pretty much betrayed him in his eyes. Um, and in terms of why, I mean, we could go on and on about this all day. Yeah, let's go to the second part of, of that question. The also, why has so much happened in Azeroth in thirty years? I think it's partially because it's it's wrong to think about any of that stuff as starting and stopping. You should think about it as a continuing process. 
it's not that a lot of stuff has happened. It's a lot of stuff has continued to happen. Yeah, there have been little periods of like, okay, we stopped the Legion after the end of the Third War. We get a four-year break before stuff gets weird again. But a lot of that stuff is still going on. It's changed the world forever. The orcs stepping through the Dark Portal at the beginning of the First War. That, that was changed the catalyst Azeroth. for yeah. everything. Really. And everything has been different since that happened because you just included a whole new people who are completely alien to this world and they have to figure out their place in it. And whether or not you like or hate what the Horde has done, you can't change the fact that it completely altered the game forever. Uh, it, it, it marked a shift and the Legion basically never stopped from like 10,000 years ago on. They never stopped trying to get back to Azeroth. And this was the opening of their big new gambit. All three of those wars, um, the new, the current Legion invasion we just got done with, all of that was still part of the Legion's game plan for Azeroth. And it didn't end until the end of Legion. And even then, we don't know how long-lasting that solution is going to be. We don't know how long the Titans and Illidan can keep Sargeras penned up. Right now, I mean, the Legion is leaderless. I mean, Sargeras but... is basically in the Pantheon Punch Zone with, like, or Punch Dome with um, Illidan, which is yeah. fine. But how long are they going to be able to keep him restrained there? Will they be able to keep him restrained there? What are they going to do with him? Are they going to try and rehabilitate him? Or is it just we not we lock ourselves away forever to lock him away forever? And what happens if they they can't do it? Like they didn't hold him the last time. Like Sargeras, this is a situation where Sargeras is the only one who who didn't like the, he he killed them when they fought the last time. So I don't know. We have no idea. If you think of it all from that moment up until the end of Legion, it's one continuous 35-year thing. It's not it – thing. It, it never stopped. That's the thing. Is it, it's never The Legion basically changed. showed up during the War of the Ancients and tried to make things work in their favor. And we did a really good job of kicking them out. And ever since then, they have been trying to get back. When the orcs came through the dark portal, that was step one of their invasion plan. They were the ones that sent the orcs through. They were the ones that had corrupted the orcs. Um, everything that's happened since then has been fallout from that, from that moment. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And if you want to think of the orcs as like pieces on a chessboard, they were initially. And then at some point they realized they weren't and had to establish their own way and yeah imagine the orcs as like a monopoly piece that suddenly went no i'm not listening to you anymore and completely yeah. you know flip the flip the banker over and change the rules of the game but the game is still continuing and it continued right up until legion and of legion course all the, the other orcs things kind seen? of getting retribution for that corruption that they endured in the first place at least they got to finally say we are not yours anymore yeah and finally got to make it stick but with the with the end of legion what we saw the two is that because the the legion came and because the orcs were here and because things were different now other powers stepped up to take advantage of the situation like the old gods and now that the legions theoretically out of the picture those guys are getting to step up and take they they now get to run with the momentum they've built up while we were busy and so that's what we're going to see going forward i think that's one of the reasons the dragon flights don't seem to be as out of it as we thought they were we keep seeing new stuff involving dragons because the dragons are now in a position where they don't have the Legion to worry about and the old gods are so much more present. Well, and I mean, they were dealing with the old gods to begin with. Like they were trying to prevent the Hour of Twilight. That was their big purpose or whatever. And they did that in Cataclysm with our help, but it hasn't stopped anything. The Hour of Twilight was stalled out. That was great. But now it seems like something worse is on the horizon. So... I fully expect that if things get bad enough, they will step in again, not because it's their duty or anything, but because they want to. That's yeah, why Tyr made the aspects in the first place, because the proto-dragons that eventually became Ysera and all of the aspects, uh, Alexstrasza, even Neltharion and Malagos. What was the other one? No, Zorma. Nazi. Yeah. Nazi. There's a really good uh, novella out there by Richard Knack called Dawn of the Aspects that talks about how they were created and where they came from. Um, and it kind of goes into the whole backstory of the Dragonflights and how the Aspects were initially created. What what was the real story there? Um, 
the whole reason that Tyr decided to make them guardians of Azeroth is because they had already proven that they had a vested interest in protecting the planet. And I, I don't think that's gone away. I think maybe their powers have diminished or whatever, but I think they still have a vested interest in making sure the world is okay. Yep. So, yeah. Maybe it, we'll see a soft retcon to that whole idea that they can't have kids anymore. And it does feel which like... I don't the, like it. It does feel like a lot has happened in 30 years because that's a pretty short piece of history for all of these different wars and the Legion invasion and everything else. And it seems like nobody has been able to like breathe for longer than maybe a couple of weeks before something else terrible is on the horizon. But it was all kind of impetus from, from the burning Legion. Yeah. To use a real world example, if you look at the period of time between 1900 and 1950, there's a lot, a lot of stuff happened. A lot. <laughs> you know? So much. But that's the way that's, it, it, that's the way everything that's is. If you look at the period of time, the, the past 30 years of just our lives right now, a lot has happened. That's if you think of it as all happening from pr one prior source, if you think of it as all events following, it's still a lot, but it, it you can see how it works. Even from a technology standpoint, if you look at where we were 30 years ago, what was that? 1999. Yeah. Yeah. Don't make me remember that. <laughs> if you go back 30 years ago though, what we had in 99 pales in comparison to the technology that we have today. Things move at a pretty fast pace. So, yeah, I, I think I think that was just a lot of it was it was just, you know, the Burning Legion kind of kicking things into high gear, as it were. Also, it was 1989 because 1999 is like 20 years ago. You made oh, me feel yeah. so old for a second there. Okay, 89. Well, then, yeah, things have soup. Like, we have the internet now. <laughs> 89, yeah. it wasn't really like a thing. No, no more of that squealing noise when you try to make a call. <laughs> Dial up. Like, yeah. But, yeah, that's probably, we've probably done as much as we can for the emails because we're way over. And It's okay. We'll carry yeah. those over to next week. Sorry, guys. There's a lot to talk about this week. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, okay, though, if you have an email for the show... Uh, please do send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject line podcast or Blizzard Watch. And it doesn't have to be about World of Warcraft, by the way. Uh, it can be about any of Blizzard's games. You have a question about Heroes of the Storm or Overwatch or Hearthstone. Wor workshop mode that looks pretty exciting, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. We will absolutely love to talk about those things. So, you know, feel free to shoot us an email on any of the subjects. Okay. Blizzard Watch. Hey, it's made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch. And your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your questions answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Thank you, Anne. Uh, guys, this has been the Blizzard Watch podcast. Um, I'm Matt. That was Anne. Thank you guys so much for being here with us, and we'll be here next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.